welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. We got a special guest with us today, Ralph, the author of Cleanup Crew. Ralph, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. How it's, are you? I'm doing good. It's been it's been quite a day. I've been having family time and stuff today earlier, and now it's just kind of chill. So we're not here to talk about my family, though. We're here to talk about cleanup crew and tell your exactly. tell our audience about it. Can you can you give us a little bit of insight on what you've made here? Okay, um, cleanup crew is a Lumen game. Lumen is a system uh, by Spencer Campbell. It's developed around the idea of a video game, a shooter game with a gameplay loop. So you always have a mission. You go in. You shoot a ton of monsters, you pick up the loot, uh, you go back to your headquarters, you regroup, and you go back in. Um, in Cleanup Crew, we're doing exactly the same thing, but the setting is a little bit different, and we have some additional twists uh, to it. The setting of uh, Cleanup Crew is around 1750s, before the Age of Revolution. In my head, it's the south of Germany because that's where I'm born, but um, any medieval or any Renaissance European setting would work really, really well with it. Because the, in cleanup, could, yes. I ask, could I ask, is there is there a lot of setting information within it or are we kind of looking at uh, a more of a generic type of setting system type of run book? It's, it's very generic. Okay. I give a short introduction that says that's that's the vibe of the game, but um, I'm I'm leaving blank spaces because I prefer players and GMs putting in their own imagination in there. Yes, that's why I said in my head it's it's the south of Germany. But if I play with other people, some of them say, "Oh yeah, I've been in a little <laughs> uh, village in Scotland that's exactly like that." And I'm going, "Sure, why not?" The idea is that um, there are soul detectives. We're not playing any soul detectives, but the soul detectives are the ones that help lost souls to cross over. But wherever there are lost souls, there are people after them. Some evil forces. And uh, when a case of a soul detective gets messy, they call the cleanup crew to clean up. And that's the game that's played. So the cleanup crew comes in and deals with a bunch of monsters and um yeah there is where the twist comes in so the twist is in a video game you have usually some sort of drop mechanics the monsters drop loot after you kill them you pick it up and you either have some health or some ammo or something like that in cleanup crew they drop either health or one of the five elements from asian uh asian philosophy so we have the elements wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And based on those five elements, you can create spells or power special weapons. And those spells and those special weapons, they do a little bit more damage. So could you tell us a little bit about the mechanics of the system? The I'm, not mechanics? As I'm not familiar with Lumen, so I, I've not had a chance to check it out. The, the mechanics of the Lumen system are really, really simple. Um, each character basically has three attributes. One attribute uh, is something like that goes to physique power. Uh, the other attribute has something to do with dexterity or speed. In my game, that's called passion. 
And the third attribute has to do with uh, intellectual properties, uh, how people solve problems. In my game, that's called patterns. Okay. And uh, each of those three attributes has a certain number attributed to it. Uh, so let's say we are a strong character. We might have three or four in power. Maybe one in passion and one in pattern. That would really mean we're only the muscles of the operation. But whenever we encounter a problem or want to do something, either shoot a monster or go around an obstacle uh, or something like that, we would uh, explain what we want to do and how we want to do it and which attribute we want to use for that. So if I want to bust down a door, punch it open, I would use my power because I'm a powerful character and I would get to roll the number of dice that is attributed to my attribute. So if I have power four, I roll four dice. And all I need is on one of those dice, a four or a, a three or up to be successful. Are we rolling six-sided dice or? Yes, we're rolling okay. six-sided all right. dice. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so I don't have to do any math. I just need to figure out which dice have a three or up uh, on a one and two. I fail my action, and there is a consequence. On a three and four, I succeed my action, but there's also a consequence. And on a five and six, I succeed, and there's no problem at all. So I want to have a five or a six. And the more dice I get to roll in my dice pool, the easier it is to get that. Yes. And that's basically it. Yeah, that's, I mean, the mechanic seems similar to what I've been what I've used in the past with the zero zero engine that free league uses but it seems like you have a, a wider spread there for success besides just a six popping up and I like that you got that mid-range the where you got the three and four can be there is success but maybe not as great as a five or six <laughs> so I mean you can always tweak the mechanics when you say as a GM okay we played this for a while today we have a really hard mission you could say uh, one and two is failure three to five is, fa uh, is success with a consequence and only a six is a success without a consequence that would up the stakes a little bit and might might make it more interesting for groups that uh, have more experience now I'm used to I've played a lot of like dungeons and dragons and things like that where your only outcome is i either succeed in hitting the bad guy or whatever or i fail so when we say with a consequence what consequences are we talking about often i'm assuming that's up to the dm or how does that work the consequence element uh, the consequence element is um attributed to the monsters uh, each monsters they have some specific move and whenever uh, so when it comes to a fight, the players go first, and after all the players are done, the monsters go. So this is a little bit rigged towards the players. Yes. But if I get a consequence, one of the monsters gets to do one of their moves. Ah, oh, I see. So there's it's built in there. So it's, you don't want that. You want to get that pure success, but that consequence. Uh, let me ask this. So they get to they get to go on the consequence. Yes. And it simply gives them another, an, an additional attack on you. So when you're, if, let's say I'm rolling three different dice and one comes up a six, so that's a pure success, but the others come up 
three and four, do they still get the consequence or does that success override the consequence or how does that work? Exactly. So uh, in my dice pool, I ignore everything that I don't need. I pick the highest die and that's the number that I go with. So if I have one six and three ones, doesn't matter. I only need that one six. And um, if I have a lot of dice, the, the possibility for succeeding is high. And that might not mean that the monsters will get uh, a consequence that they can play with. When you look at what the moves are, uh, the moves are usually attributed or usually built around the idea of the monster. So it's not just simply, oh, they attack. It would be something that is, uh, I'm missing the words, that, that makes something on top of that. So uh, for example, in, um, in, in my game, I have a Rumpelstiltskin because that's part of German folklore. I love and, it, that's great. And when <laughs> they get to do one of their moves, they can just dance. And when they dance, uh, that inspires the other monsters. So when they get to go later, they have a plus one. So the move is not necessarily an attack. The move is something that will um, set up the monsters for something better. So let me ask you, you've got Rumpelstiltskin as a monster. Can you, can you give me a little more idea of what type of monsters and type of the setting? Because that sounds a little more fairy tale than i would than i would say that a lot of the dnd stuff is with big beholders and and stuff like that yes. could you give me an idea of what we're looking at maybe what's the word i'm looking for maybe the feel or the the uh the genre that we're looking at here in this yes uh as i mentioned i i went with uh, in my head with a south german feel to it and I try to build around, mostly the monsters are somewhat from German folklore. So we have uh, something like an Alp or a Druid, which are, uh, when you look it up, um, you will get pictures of some sort of weird monsters sitting on somebody's chest when they're sleeping, because that's where we get the idea of nightmares. Oh. So um, in German, nightmare is called Albtraum. Traum okay. means dreaming, Alp is the monster. So the idea was uh, when you sleep, there's some monster sitting on your chest and that's why you have a bad dream. So that's one of the monsters. Um, I have uh, a big bad wolf. Oh, there. I that's, love that, that's cool. Um, but I, I also have some monsters in there that are more, let's say generic. There's a zombie, there's a vampire, there's some form of demons in there. Um, I wanted not to be too specific. I wanted to have something where people have uh, a little bit more ideas around it. Who would you say is the target audience for this game? The target audience is people who want to have a quick game where it's uh, fast combat. That's basically it. I that, do have some elements. <laughs> I do have some elements in there where people uh, can start building a campaign uh, in between the missions, uh, which is unstructured downtime. I give some examples what could happen there. But uh, it's a game that you could easily pick up and just play a one shot and you're done. Or you could say, I want to explore this character a little bit more. And then you could come up with your GM for some sort of story arc. 
where you have a big bad evil guy that's somewhere looming in the background and sends in their monsters and you try to figure out what's happening there. There could be some role playing happening in between the missions. The missions themselves are combat. I'm going to ask, could you tell our listeners where they can find you online and where they can pick the game up at and everything else? Yeah, of course. So Cleanup Crew is uh, currently itch funding. That means I try to get some additional funds for artwork on itch.io. You can find Cleanup Crew there if you go to my shop. That's uh, Bude RPG, W-U-D-E-R-P-G dot itch.io. And um, there you can find it. Excellent. The idea behind itch funding is uh, I didn't want to use Kickstarter for it because uh, there have been some problems uh, with Kickstarter uh, in the previous years. And I wanted to help push the uh, idea of itch funding, funding something through a smaller platform. And um, I'm working with uh, six different artists that contribute to it. The itch funding goal is basically helping my pockets uh, to get that big dent in my wallet out of it. So yes, that's yeah, and we've 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 been seeing a lot more people funding on itch here lately. I think that I at least I've been seeing it. Seems like there's a lot going on there. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Wobblies and Wizards. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, please leave us a positive review. And if you have left us a positive review, thank you so much. We're at wobbliesandwizards.com. You'll find me on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. And keep those dice rolling.